Dr. Charles Benz here, and you're listening to Healing Trends with Dr. Benz, our weekly podcast on health improvements and the science that we've been able to identify that can help you to become healthier. Uh, today I have as my guest in the studio, Dr. John Barson. I just elevated him to doctor status. You just, you just, uh, yeah, that was great. That was, you know, I have to say that was the easiest easiest degree I've ever earned. Well, I'll give you that status because you spent so many years doing this, you've probably earned the equivalent of two or three uh, PhDs. And so uh, John is a, uh, a longtime colleague of mine, editor and researcher and part owner of Total Health magazine. And so uh, he's been our co-host here for the last uh, oh, month or so maybe and doing a fantastic job. So today we're going to be talking about a topic that I know that John is very interested in, the problems with most prescription medications. And um, John, I, I'd let you take your first kick at this because I have some introductory stuff too. So what's your take on prescription medications? Why do you think they should mostly be avoided? Well, um, <laughs> personal experience uh, I have a tremendous amount of personal experience uh, where I was on medications and as I was early in my journey uh, learning about natural medicine and alternative medicine and call it what you will um, uh, ancient medicine uh, I learned like for example when I had asthma I had asthma very seriously I had a couple of ambulance rides to the hospital for life-saving asthma treatments um, and I also learned too when you go into the hospital if you need an asthma treatment you get to the front of the line like do not pass go you go <laughs> even heart attacks have to wait for asthma people but here's the thing my doctor had me on so many different medications and steroids and I had lunch one day with an ND and he uh, admittedly told me I looked like crap and uh, asked me what was going on I explained and he said well we can fix you if you want I said let's fix me and within um, a couple of months I was off the prednisone and uh, within a year I had I was down to one inhaler and within two years I I can't remember the last time I had an asthma attack so that was one and then uh, other other issues too were um, um, really bad pain, knee pain, inflammation, and I got prescriptions from the doctor. And when I looked at this, the uh, the contraindications, the side effects, the the organ damage potential, um, I thought, no, that this is this is this this can't be good. And I found alternatives that were very effective. I think that's the history of a lot of people, and I, I think that uh, our audience needs to know why that is. First of all, uh, these prescription medications, they're a man-made uh, product. And so the cells really don't recognize them uh, historically uh, over millions of years of evolution, and they look at it and go, what is that? And they have a tendency to want to block the natural pathways for prevention and treatment in the body. And once you block something, then the body has to try to find a workaround. And in the workaround, we end up getting a lot of side effects and things that really weren't intended uh, for, for the body when it was first designed. And we, we really find out that, that it has a disturbingly high level of uh, impact on the liver and the kidneys because the liver treats these prescription medications if they're to as if they were toxins. 
and so it has to break them down. That means that the immune system and other parts of the body that, that have to make and use nutraceuticals and other nutrients, they just can't function as efficiently because they're now busy working on this really difficult problem of breaking down these toxic prescription medications. And then the kidneys have to kind of remove it. And so the liver and the kidneys are the ones that have the most impact on these medications. And if you look at the ads, the average person, if you look at magazine or, or, or uh, newspaper ads, you'll see like a small part of the ad is for the actual drug, what it is. And then there'll be three pages of side effects. Right. And you, you just have to say to yourself, what's that all about? And well, Charles, the amazing Charles, thing, if, if, Charles sir, if I can add to that for a sec, sorry to interrupt. Mm -hmm. To put it even more in perspective, more than, according to uh, stats from 2020, so fairly recent, more than 40% of older Americans regularly take five or more prescription drugs, and nearly 20% take 10 or more. So that's 30 pages of side effects. They say they do. The, the thing that we now know is a lot of people, when they know that they're getting a side effect, they'll stop taking a drug. And so they actually don't have very good statistics on the actual compliance with these medications. Some of these people are taking up to 17 medications a day. We know they're not taking that many medications. And so this is one of those problems that I think we'll get to understand it a little bit better if we start to talk about a few of these specific uh, prescriptions prescriptions that a lot of people use on a regular basis. And so the first one is statin drugs. And you and I have a great understanding of, of statin drugs, but did you know that when statins were first identified back in the 50s and 60s, there were 50 studies done to determine whether statins actually helped to improve a person's health in, around the heart and, and cholesterol? 45 of those studies said no. Five of them said, eh, maybe. They built a whole industry on five studies around maybe. Well, my, my, my recollection from an article in the New York Times, I can't recall when it was posted because it was, I think, almost two decades ago or more than two decades ago. Um, they were a reporter. This is when they used to have investigative reporters. Remember those days? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. this particular investigative reporter um, uh, looked into the approval of statin drugs. And now don't quote me on the numbers. I believe there were nine um, doctors that were on the panel that were investigating cholesterol and statin drugs. And the, um, the result of that, that panel were when they voted for statin drugs to reduce cholesterol, uh, eight voted for, one voted against. Um, I do remember one voted against, but the, the balance of the board all voted for. Not only did they vote for statin drugs to be uh, FDA approved, they they came out and they said that there is a cholesterol pandemic, and we have to change how uh, the um, the safe levels of cholesterol. Yeah, and they started to lower what what the what the required number was. They lowered it two or three times now. Yeah, but the, one more thing in that article. The other thing the investigative reporter discovered or was that all eight of the doctors that um, uh, voted to approve statin drugs or recommend them to the FDA uh, were all had conflicts of interest and were backed by pharmaceutical companies. 
Well, that's, <laughs> that's not shocking to me, but it, it, I think to our listeners it may be. Uh, but even more importantly, when, when we now find doctors putting in some objective research, they found out that high cholesterol is really not the cause of heart disease that 50% of people who die of a heart attack have perfect cholesterol. And so if it, if it was the case that cholesterol was the cause, then it would be 80 or 90% of people would, would have disrupted cholesterol. And so this whole high cholesterol thing, people don't understand that cholesterol is a reaction in the liver to repair damage in the body that's been made by a free radical, which is a toxin of some kind, that steals an electron from one of our cells and then creates like a pothole. And, and then when the liver sees, it gets a message from an enzyme probably uh, saying, wait a minute, we got a pothole here on artery number 2A. Then the liver says, okay, let's send over some cholesterol here and we'll patch that up. And so it's like a patching material. And, and then if you eat some calcium, if you have a milkshake, um, that calcium says, oh, I, I, my job is to harden things. I'll harden that. And then you have a hamburger with it and, that, and french fries. And so you have some fat and the fat sticks to it. And now you have your classic buildup of plaque. So was cholesterol involved? Yes. Was it necessary? No. Because people who have high enough levels of vitamin C, which has an extra electron in it, then whenever that damage is done, they just replace that uh, missing electron, and then that cholesterol pattern never never really develops. And, and if they f keep, they've been, like you said, they've been forcing these cholesterol levels down lower and lower. Now we know if you get below like 100 and 140 uh, LDL, you start to have brain problems. You start to have people getting depression and anxiety and schizophrenia. And also you need this cholesterol to make hormones. And did you know that vitamin D3 was a hormone? And if you don't have enough cholesterol, you can't make enough vitamin D3. And vitamin D3 is the biggest protector against influenza and cancer and a number of other things. And so this whole cholesterol thing, I think they're, they're the champions. I mean, statin drugs are the champions of the misuse of prescription medications and yet they still carry on with it. Well, I can think um, of another bad one, but uh, just to carry on with your, your train of thought there, let's also uh, remind the listeners that if they're going to believe their doctor and they're going to take their statin drugs, that they should also take CoQ10. Absolutely, because it depletes CoQ10. And there's studies out there that now say, because of that, it's actually considered to be a cause of heart, heart attack. So statin drugs probably, probably cause more heart attacks than they prevent. Um, I think another one that's famous, and you can only watch the TV ads to see this, is depression ads. So the depression ad will have somebody sitting on a, a, in a picnic on a, on a blanket, and it'll be, music will be very calming and very reassuring. And then all of a sudden, the depression uh, lady uh, sitting on the blanket uh, has this distressed look on her face and, and says, my, dis my depression medication isn't working. And then a, a voice from afar says, oh, don't worry. Most of these depression medications don't work, but we, if you add another drug to it, then it increases its ability to do what it's supposed to do. Yes. 
they admitted on national television that most of these depression medications don't work. But then the solution is add another one on top of that one. That to me was the most shock, one of the most shocking commercials I've ever seen. Well, they're they're right up front with it too. I I just look at the uh, the track record of drugs, uh, approved drugs. It's terrible. Well, if 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 people would eat a decent diet and actually increase their levels of omega three fatty acids and B vitamins and magnesium, ninety percent of people would get off their depression medication and their anxiety medication because this is absolutely insane. Uh, it's just not necessary. There's a book out there by Joan Matthews Larson, New York Times bestseller, Depression Free Naturally. And uh, she has another book. Uh, these books have been around for 20, 25 years, Seven Weeks to Sobriety. Well, that's an addiction. And she's also solving that with mostly nutritional uh, solutions. And, and what you were saying about most of these drugs having a bad track record. There was a new study that just came out last week. 90% of attempts to make a drug fail and, yes. and are, not, are not even taken uh, to the second and third stage of development. If 90% of them fail, and we know that the FDA has a very low uh, level of, of, of tolerance. In other words, they'll accept a lot of things. In fact, the statin drugs, when, they, when Lipitor was submitted to the FDA, it had a 1% efficacy. That means that for every 100 people that took that drug, only one person would live longer. Now we find out, and this is Mark Hyman that had this information at a conference recently, now it's down to one half of 1%, so that 150 people have to take the statin drug before one person lives longer. Now that's really a, a pathetic track record. And those are the ones that succeeded. 90% of the ones that even go through the trials don't even succeed. But when you see the track record of the ones who have succeeded, I'm sure you know about this group. It's the uh, Public Citizens Health Research Group founded by Ralph Nader back in 1971. Well, now Sidney Wolf has been in, involved with this. He's an MD and he's still working on this. And he, I bought this book, my God, it must be 10, 12 years ago called Worst Pills, Best Pills. So when anybody says to me, well, I'm taking this medication, that medication, I immediately look uh, in that book. It's about a 900 page book. And when I, when I look at the statin drugs, it says, Suggested use two to three months, not a lifetime, not 10 years, two to three months until you can get your diet improved, till you can bring your levels of various nutritional things up to uh, the right level. But it's a temporary fix, not a permanent fix. And now they and Dr. Sinatra, Stephen Sinatra, sorry, I interviewed him years ago. And he said that he would, ne he would only recommend or he'd only prescribe statin drugs to uh, somebody, I think, if I believe he said in their 60s, that already had had a heart attack and he really needed to bring inflammation down in a hurry. Right, right. Um, and he would never, never prescribe a statin drug to a woman. And a few years later, I was at a dinner party uh, with about a dozen people or so and couples. And I asked for a show of hands how many people were on statin drugs. Everybody put up their hands. Wow. 
Well, it all of them. It's it's not an easy thing to challenge because I had two CEOs that I was working with with a couple of companies, and they had reported that they were on statin drugs. And of course, I had done a workshop, and they had seen what I was saying about drugs. And so they said, "What do you think we should do?" I said, "Well, you know, I can't give you medical advice, but I can tell you that." You know, there's this CoQ10 issue, and there's also the fact that you can lower cholesterol if you want to with natural things. You don't need to have a statin drug to do that. And they said, well, you know, should I tell my doctor? And I said, well, if you want to continue to have that have, have that person be your doctor, I'm not sure whether you should do that. But they both did. Right. And they told their doctor, well, I want to get off the of statin drugs. And both doctors said, well, then I don't want to be your doctor. And then they both reported back to me that you, he said, you were right. <laughs> they didn't want to even deal with me if I didn't want to uh, have that drug. And so they went on and did all the things that had been recommended in our workshop. And they got their cholesterol under control. And they got a better idea of what actually heart disease is caused by and how to treat it. And so... They eventually found a doctor that was ready to work with them in this in this way, and they were they were as happy as they could be. They they just couldn't have been more happy, but they don't know because the media will not tell them. Now you can open up this Pandora's box, John. Why doesn't the media tell us more about how to prevent heart disease and how to treat it naturally? Uh, you you have a field day with this. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm just. Thinking with my inside voice right now, huh? <laughs> Couldn't be the billion or so dollars worth of advertising pharmaceutical companies pay into media every year. Um, oh, I read a, a Blaze report yesterday. They, uh, oh, it's a Freedom of Information a FOIA request, uh, they've learned that the uh, current administration has paid uh, major media, ABC, NBC, CBS, and so on. Uh, New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times, and so on, um, about a billion dollars to make sure that anything around the medication that they're insisting everybody have be uh, be always spoken about in positive terms. That sounds like propaganda to me. I mean, I, 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 if, you, if you listen to 60 Minutes or watch 60 Minutes on Sunday, I, I, I watched and I took notes. Nine out of 10 ads were for prescription medications. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, is there a co-relationship here? Because I remember when they did a program on COVID uh, long haulers and had no solutions to it. I sent them an email saying, okay, I've got a protocol here that has worked successfully for over a year. And, um, of course, their, their feedback was automatic. Oh, as our producers are really interested now. It was just a form uh, response. And I never heard from them. And I emailed them two or three more times just to make sure. I have the record of this, all right? And I have who I spent, sent it to. And the same thing applies here. There was just nobody interested in a natural solution to a problem like that because... They were so hell-bent on using vaccinations and other steroids for treatment, and all of which don't work. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The, the vaccination has a marginal benefit. But when you look at natural immunity, 
natural immunity is stronger and better. And if people would have eaten the right diets, and if, if they had higher enough levels of vitamin D3, this pandemic would have been a non-starter. I mean, yeah, it was, a, it was a strong virus, but not any stronger than a lot of the other ones that have been out there. And so to me, this whole evidence of what the media is able to do is pretty powerful. And so you know, we're swimming upstream the whole way. I, some of these drugs, I mean, here's the list of, you know, you know, there's probably 10 or 20 drugs every year that are taken off the market. The 10% that are successful are little, are just, you know, they're, they're reduced year by year by groups like this, uh, Sydney Wolf uh, group, where they challenge them all the time, right? So they're doing a really great job. But, you know, Crestor and Celebrex and uh, Redux, which is a, uh, a weight loss program. And uh, there's, there's others for pain and, and antihistamines like Celadine. Um, these are on what the, the worst pills, best pills group says are the 20 worst prescription medications. And to me, if the average person just subscribed to the newsletter, if, if doctors would subscribe to the newsletter and get this information, then they could find out going back to your original story where your naturopathic doctor said, yeah, we can fix that if you want. All you have to do is find a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath, and they will tell you what the alternatives are for these drugs. And 90% of the time, there are natural alternatives. This is what's pathetic to me. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I have to tell you, too, I got a call last week from a CEO, a company I work with uh, in Hong Kong, and uh, we were chatting, and he said that uh, the Omicron is just rampant. Um, some of his staff members have it. And uh, we got talking about that, and he, he brought up long COVID, and I sent him your report on treating long-haul, COVID long-haul, long-haulers. And uh, he emailed me back up days later and said they love it. They're spreading it around everywhere. Oh, my God. That's fantastic news. Yeah, there's parts of the country where, uh, you know, the, the U.S. is unique because there are statistics coming out now that 70, 80, 90 percent of hospitalizations and deaths are people who've been fully vaccinated. So... I don't think it's over. You know, the media in the U.S. and the politicians like to say it's over, but I unfortunately don't think it is. And, and one of the problems that this overuse of prescription medications has now caused is that for antibiotics, when you have an infection, you know, they'll throw a bunch of antibiotics at you. Now we're finding out that these different bugs, these bacteria, are becoming super bugs. In other words, they're resisting these medications. And so now in the hospitals, they have to try five or six different antibiotics to get one that works. The amazing thing is that the natural stuff works every time. So whether it's colloidal silver or uh, whether it's uh, oregano oil. Wild oregano. Yeah, oregano wild oregano. Oil. I mean, these, these natural antibiotics, they work every time. I mean, that's the amazing thing. And I, I think I've now compiled about uh, 30 different studies that have showed natural things that work better than the prescription medications. And one of them is for uh, non-fatty uh, 
uh, non-fatty liver disease. And when they looked at all the prescription medications and compared it, what the benefit was co compared to vitamin E, vitamin E win won every time over the prescription medication. And doctors just either don't know this or just ignoring it. And I think that's what the shame is because if they would have been honest at the beginning of this COVID thing, they would have said, we don't really have anything for viruses. We, we, we hate to have to admit that, but we've been very weak in the, in the field of viruses for the last hundred years. We just don't know how to deal with them. And then they would have said, oh, by the way, there's so many natural uh, antibiotics like vitamin C and vitamin D and oregano um, that an olive leaf extract, I mean, there's so many different good antivirals and they're all part of my long hauler protocol. And you know, every patient that I've ever put that, per, that pro, protocol on has been successful at getting rid of long hauler. Now they're saying about 50% of all people who've been infected by this virus are turning out to be long haulers. 50, it used to be 30%, now it's up to 50%. So this, this is and what the, we're up against. listeners should also realize, too, that your protocol has been uh, reviewed and approved by hundreds of health experts around the world. Well, there's 50 doctors in the one, in the one review, uh, Orthomolecular News, 50 doctors from all over the world reviewed it and said, it looks good to me. And they were just doing it based on the science, but I'll bet you they also turned around and started to use it. And so, you know, when people say, well, how many people have used the protocol? Well, I know hundreds, but how many people around the world, like you, you've already got some people in Asia that are using it. We don't get reports on all of that. And so, yeah, I, I think there are better ways to go about this. I'm, I'm encouraging people to, first of all, find a naturopathic doctor to be able to give some second opinions of things, find a doctor that, that practices functional medicine, I get this newsletter from um, Public Citizens Health Research Group, uh, worst, worst Pills, Best Pills. This is the way you can protect yourself and you can, actually, you can actually do a little bit of research on your own and find out whether the medications you're taking are really necessary or not. And then you can go on, you know, if you go to the internet and you say alternatives to statin drugs, or alternatives to Celebrex, natural alternatives to Celebrex, you will get solutions. It's very simple. And so I'm just encouraging people to go in that direction. I hope they'll listen uh, because in the long run, I don't think carrying on with many of these prescription medications is gonna lead to a longer and healthier uh, life. So, I've got to pay some homage to our sponsors today. Um, first one is Paddock Pools, and Paddock Pools has been doing something very special for pool developers and builders. They have a vacuum extractor that actually takes off the chlorine gas, about 95% of it, and so it really gives you an opportunity to breathe more oxygenated water, which is much better for your body. These chlorines can actually deplete vitamin D3 uh, through the zinc pathway. And this is really dangerous. And so if you don't have one of these pools in your neighborhood, maybe you should contact Paddock Pools and find out how to get this equipment into one of your pools. 
The second group is MPB Health. Uh, they're kind of like a medical cost sharing company. They're not an insurance company, but they're able to get into this wellness program a little bit better than insurance companies can. And they're actually able to cut costs as well by negotiating the doctor and the hospital bills. And so they're able to get an average of 30 to 50% reduction in the cost of your premiums. And so for small uh, uh, companies and individuals, this is really a good alternative. You can go online and look at the videos on MPB Health and you can find out for yourself whether this might be an option for you and then you can call and, and get more information. And, and DHA Labs is another company that's been progressive in terms of doing tests and blood and urine tests and genetic tests to help find illnesses five to 10 years before they actually happen. I have seven of those tests now that I've developed that are in the uh, DHA Labs network of tests. And so you can call them. They, you don't need a doctor to recommend some of these tests. They have their own doctors and they'll work with you at no cost. It's all included in their, in their cost of their, in their labs, which are very reasonable. And the fourth sponsor is Southern Trust Financial. And they're a financial planning company, but you know, for 20 years, they've, they've used my workshops and my newsletters and my articles to help make sure that the people that they invest with are actually getting healthier and staying healthier and being able to make a contribution to the community a lot longer. So Southern Trust Financial in Sarasota is a company that's able to do that. So I thank our sponsors. I thank John Barson today from Total Health Magazine. John, uh, I hope we get to hear you again and then share some more ideas. <laughs> I so, love talking with you. Thanks again, John. I appreciate it too. Thanks to our listeners. You're loyal. And uh, if you have feedback, let me know. If you have questions that you'd like to submit or you have some ideas that you'd like to learn more about, I'm going to offer you something today. Go to my website or go to my my Gmail account, b-e-n-s-c-k at gmail.com. I can send you information on, on uh, different topics having to do with replacement of prescription medications by natural therapies. I'd be glad to help in that way if I can. So thanks again, and we'll see you all soon. Bye now.